I've decided that there are some aspects of small towns that I like. There are some things that I miss living in a small town. Denison had about 12,000 people, I guess. One of the things that I liked about Denison was that when I went to United Bank of Iowa and I pulled up into the into the drive-through lane or I went inside to one of the tellers and I had a check and I would hand it to them and say, I'd like to cash this. They would say, sure pastor, no problem. I was a pastor of the church. I served on the city council. I was known around town. We cashed a check yesterday. We cashed it at uh, Lincoln Federal. Whether it's Lincoln Federal or whether it's Wells Fargo, we pull up. What's the first thing they say after hi? Can I see some ID? I hate that. I understand why, don't get me wrong, I know why, but I hate that. And not only that, not only do they say at Wells Fargo, I need to see an ID, what else do they say? I need to see a second ID. <sighs> okay. You know, I, I wish, I know it's not possible, but I wish there was just a way that they would just know who I was and wouldn't ask for an ID. But, I guess I'm not alone in that. You know, last week we talked about barreling right into the Christmas season, but there was an obstacle. What was that obstacle that stood in the way of our just making it a hallmark Christmas and the most wonderful time of the year. What was in the way? May remember? As bad as my wife. I asked my wife an hour and a half afterwards, what was the sermon about? She goes, I don't know, remind me. Jeez. What does that say about me? Remember what was in the way last week? Give you a hint. He was kind of weird. John the Baptist, this weird guy out in the wilderness who ate honey and locust and was dressed in camel hair, was standing in the way. And, and what was he saying? What was he telling us to do in the midst of our repent? In the midst of all of our joyous, jolly celebration, he said, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was telling us to acknowledge our sinfulness, to acknowledge our need of a Savior, to acknowledge 
to acknowledge our dependence upon Him, our tendency to want to do it our way, our tendency to doubt everything that He said, that God had told us. John the Baptist. But, we're not alone. Because now today, what do we hear? We hear that John is in prison, in Herod's prison. Probably some scholars think that it was one of Herod's prisons that was on the the far side of the Dead Sea. The other side of the Jordan, clear down in, in Moab, in no man's land, out in the middle of nowhere. And he's in prison because... He exposed and and condemned the sin of the rich and the powerful. And instead of repenting, the rich and the powerful threw him in prison, specifically Herod, who was the king. And now from prison, John sends a couple of his disciples to Jesus. And basically, what does John say? I want to see your ID. I want to see your ID. Are you really the one? Are you Him? Are you the Christ? Or are we to wait for another? Certainly an important question for John. He wants to know, is my job done? Or do I still have to be out there preparing the way? Have I done a good enough job preparing the way? Are you the one? Wow. You would think of of all people that John the Baptist would not have that problem of doubting. Now, there are some. There are some say that no, he really didn't doubt. He was just Sending his disciples there is kind of a ruse to get them to listen to Jesus. They're kind of a passing of the torch, as it were. But you read the text, and Matthew makes it really clear that that when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come or... Shall we look for another? And Jesus responds, Go and tell John. Wow. You know, I know I have doubts. I have those days when I wonder why God hasn't answered a prayer. I have those days when I wonder what in the world does God have in mind? What is He doing? What is He thinking? Now, I even, I even have those days. There are days, some dark days, when I really wonder, is God really real? Is He really there? And if He's really, really there, does He really, really care about me? Does He know about me? Does He know what's going on? Does he know what's happening in my heart, in my life? 
in the life of those I love, in the world around me. But John, but you know, John, remember his message? He was a fiery guy. He was out there saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And one's coming, he is far mightier than I. I mean, I'm a speck compared to him. And you think, you think I'm preaching some stuff. He is coming and the chainsaw is already fired up and it's at root of the trees and he's ready to bring down all the evil and to throw them into the fire. And now from John's perspective... Jesus doesn't quite seem somebody who has the steel chainsaw out and firing it up. Matter of fact, it's a lot different. It seems like the very evil that John is, is exposing, that John talked about, the brood of vipers, it seems like they're gaining traction. It seems like they're getting the upper hand. They're out to kill Jesus. And, and it looks like they might actually do it. Not only that, but, but he's not cracking heads and taking names like John thought he would. Instead, he's, he's merciful and he's gracious and he's kind. And now John is in prison. He's in prison for pointing out the sins of the rich and powerful. And they're not listening to him. And from prison, in his dark cell, he's beginning to wonder. He has doubts. You know, and we all have those prisons in our lives. Those times of doubt. Now, we, we may not want to necessarily admit it or even acknowledge it, but we know they're there. We have those times. It might be the dark prison of grief. Maybe it's a dark prison of anxiety. Maybe, maybe we're just tired seeing all of the evil in the world and wondering well, what's God doing about it. Sometimes we just get tired of life. And we begin to question. And that troubles us, that bothers us. You know, what's God going to think? I... I Maybe, maybe God doesn't know. Well, the reality is, is that we don't have to put on airs before God. It's all right to admit that we have doubts. God knows us way too well for us to pretend any other. And now... How's God going to respond to that? Well, we see how God responds. Notice what He does with John. 
Where does he take the disciples of John? Where does he point them to? He says, what do you see? He points them to the Word of God. He points them to Isaiah. Passages in Isaiah. Your dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust awake and sing for joy. In that day the deaf will hear the word of a book. And out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. And the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And the, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And the, the lame man shall leap like a deer. And the tongues of the mute shall sing for joy. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. He says, look, it's fulfilled. He points him to his own work. That the Creator, the Maker of all things, has come. To restore His creation. He points John into the Word of God. And says, see, the promises are being kept. Don't be offended by the way it works. It's going to be necessary that the God of all creation die for the sake of His people. That's God's plan. That's how it has to be. And then He says, and blessed is the one who is not offended by Me. And that's how God responds to us. He brings us into His Word. Into His promises. And there we see His character, His nature, being merciful and gracious and loving and caring and consistently so. That in those dark prison times, the light that shines in the midst of that is God's promises and His love and His kindness and the assurance that He has matters in our life in hand and He knows us that we are His workmanship, that we are created in Him to do the good works that He has prepared in advance for us to do. And then, and then he talks a little bit about John. He says, by the way, here's another sign. The fact that John is here. You know, what, he, what did you expect to see when you came out in the wilderness? Did you expect to see a reed shaken by the wind? Did you expect to see someone who was going to vacillate? Someone who was going to cave? No! He sees the religious leaders and what does he say? You brood of vipers? Who warned you to flee the wrath that is to come? No! John was firm. He was firm in his message. He was not waving back and forth. So, so what did you come out to see? Uh, someone in fine clothes? 
No, uh, someone who is in fine clothes lives in a king's house. John was in a king's prison. Well, would you come out to see a prophet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a prophet, but more than that. This is the one who is coming right before the Christ. The fact that John came and preached is the evidence that the time of reconciliation has come. There are those times There are those times we think about think about a man man who is struggling his his child was very 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 sick was demon possessed and He comes to Jesus. The disciples can't do anything about it. And he begs Jesus. He begs him, please. Please. Can you do anything about this? And Jesus, Jesus says to him, do you believe and his response is our response. Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And he does. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in that one true faith even unto life everlasting. Amen.